That was beautiful. Thank you, Bruce and Judy. What a blessing. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Kings? There in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 11. We're going to read the first 10 verses of scriptures that is found here in this chapter. And we're going to talk about a man that whose heart was turned. A man by the name of Solomon. Last Sunday we began a series of messages on the spiritual EKG. And we looked at Pharaoh's heart. And the Bible says that his heart became hardened. And now today we're going to look at another man. A man by the name of Solomon. A man that once served the Lord, once worshipped the Lord, a man that once gave praise to the Lord. But then we began to see where he left the Lord. And we want to look at that today. So with your Bibles open, would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's Word? Starting in verse 1 of chapter 11 of 1 Kings. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as all of the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidians, and and Hittites, from the nation of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, You shall not intermarry with them, nor with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. And he had 700 wives. Man, can you imagine? (laughs) Somebody would ask him, could I see your wife? He'd have to pull out a photo out of him. And he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. Underline that. His wives turned away his heart. For it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Midcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, And did not fully follow the Lord, as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Cheshmosh, the admonition of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the people of Ammon. 
And he did likewise for all of his foreign wives who burn incense and sacrifice to their gods. So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord of Israel who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what the Lord had commanded. Father, as we look at a man like a Solomon, we see this happening so often in our day. A man and a woman that who served you faithfully for many years, but their eyes got placed upon the temporal and the worldly. And they began to turn away from the God that they once served. Oh, Father, guard our hearts. Convict us. Keep us from not allowing this to happen. Lord, may the anointing and the filling of your Holy Spirit will be upon the preaching of your word. And we pray, dear Lord, that you will be glorified in what is said and done through this hour. In Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I was reading the other day about an incident that took place July the 22nd, 1962. It happened there at Cape Canaveral. In Florida. The Marinier One had been built and it cost more than almost 19 million dollars. And it was amazing that this particular rocket that they were going to shoot up into space, that it was going to circle the planet of Venus and that it was going to get close captions and close shots of that. They worked many years of trying to prepare for this particular launching. And after about a hundred days up in the air, and after the tremendous work that the men had that had created such a rocket, it began to circle that planet Venus, in such a manner that they were able to take close pictures. The problem with all that, that was their plans. Fifteen seconds after that particular rocket launched, it fell into the sea of the Atlantic Ocean. What a costly experiment. More than $19 million, and that was back in 1961. You can imagine what the cost would have been today. And yet, when they went and they began to discover the reason that this rocket failed was because of human error. Simply because 
one of the technicians did not put a plus sign in the computer when they had launched that particular rocket. Human error. Costly. And yet, when I began to read scriptures that I have read here today, I began to read, there is another human error. And I began to realize that the cost was even far greater than the millions of dollars that was wasted on that experiment of the Mariner One. Here you began to find a man by the name of Solomon. Solomon was a man who once loved the Lord, who once served the Lord, once who was blessed by the Lord, and yet, in the latter years of his life, he began to turn away from the Lord. I wonder if there are not people that not come under the sound of my voice week after week, that that could be said of them. Oh, they once served the Lord, and they once was very active in the work of the Lord, but now they're just sort of on the sideline, and their hearts have turned. I want us to look at Solomon for a few moments, and I want us to notice of that human era that took place many, many, many years ago. Now, there's three things that I want you to see about Solomon. First of all, I want you to notice of how Solomon loved the Lord. You see Solomon loving the Lord. Clarence McCartney, he said this, talking about the different stages of life of Solomon. Listen to what he said. Nothing could have been brighter than Solomon's morning, talking about the early days of his life. Nothing more glorious than his noonday, talking about possibly his midlife. And then, notice what he said, nothing darker and gloomier than his evening. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. When you began to look at Solomon and you began to notice his mourning, you began to notice that there were great things that could be said about Solomon. The Bible reminds us in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3. It said, and Solomon loved the Lord. Underline that. He loved the Lord. Walking in the statues of his father. Walking in the steps of his father. Except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. In the morning life of Solomon, the early stages of his life, as a young man beginning to grow and mature into adulthood. The Bible says that Solomon was a man that who loved the Lord with all of his heart. I'm reminded of what the Bible describes to us and reminds us of that great commandment 
Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Do you love Him that way? That I love Him with all my heart and with all my soul. And then, of course, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1, it's a very similar commandment where it says, Therefore you shall love the Lord your God and keep His charge, His statutes, His judgments, and His commandments always. If you love Him, you're going to obey Him. And if you obey Him, you're going to love Him. And therefore, we began to notice that in the morning life, of Solomon. God would give give Solomon an A+. Here is a man that I believe that was almost like his father David after God's own heart, loving the Lord. Now, how did he go about doing that? Two different ways. We see the demonstration of his love as you study the scriptures. You'll notice, first of all, that he demonstrated it by his walk. You can tell a lot about a person by the way that he walks, by the way that he talks, by the way that he acts, by the way that he lives. And so you could do that with Solomon. In 1 Kings chapter 3 says, And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of his father David. In other words, his life was a portrait of the Lord himself. He was a man that lived on Sunday like he lived on Monday, and Monday like he did on Tuesday. He was a man that was consistent in loving the Lord. Now, I don't think you can love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that if you're not faithful to God's house. I don't think you can love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind if you're not involved in God's work. I don't think that you can love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, if you're not a tither. That the Bible tells us that He has given us commandments and statutes to follow. And one of the ways to prove your love is not with your lips, but with your life. And so here you see that He demonstrated His love by His walk. But he not only demonstrated his love by his walk, he demonstrated his love by his worship. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3 again. Except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. In verse 2, it tells us that There was no house at that particular time built for God, for people to come and to worship and to bring incense and burnt offerings unto the Lord. But that didn't stop Solomon. Solomon was a man that he continued to bring sacrifices unto the Lord. Listen to what verse 4 of chapter 3 says. 
Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. A thousand. In other words, he was saying that my God is great and I should do great and mighty things. Sacrifices. I think that as we come together today, the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of thanksgiving, the sacrifice of worship, the sacrifice of service, that we are coming and expressing our love to the Lord. As we were singing just a few moments ago, I was enjoying that so much because it was an expression of my heart to the Lord. That I worship the Lord with all my soul. And so you see that as Solomon here, as he demonstrated his love. But also secondly, we see the dividends of his love. Oh, they're great dividends when you serve the Lord, my friend. I want you to understand, in verse 5 of chapter 3 of verse Kings, says, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God says, Ask what I shall give you. My, you're talking about a blank check. My friend, I want you to understand, I believe with all my heart, those that bless God, God blesses those. Those that honor God, God honors them. Those that love God, God beloves them. And oh, I'm reminded of what the Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 25. So the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him such majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. My friend, did you realize that God blessed Solomon in such a way that it was beyond any other man that has ever received a blessing. He did it in two different ways. He blessed him, first of all, by making him wise. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 12, Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. The Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man that has ever lived. Well, where did that wisdom come from? It came from God. It was a gift of God. It was something that Solomon asked of the Lord. Lord, help me to become wise. One of the prayers of mine every day as I communicate with the Lord. Lord, help me to be wise. Help me to have wisdom 
that I might be able to make wise decisions and make wise actions in my life. There was none that was equal to Solomon. In fact, people from around the world would come and bow at the feet of Solomon because they were amazed of his wisdom. God not only blessed him with wisdom, but God also blessed him with wealth. The Bible tells us in verse 13 of chapter 3 of 1 Kings, it says, And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. His wisdom exceeded all, but as well as his wealth exceeded all. He had so much wealth that it would make Bill Gates envious. I want you to know, here was a man indeed was magnified and blessed and honored and used by God in such a marvelous, marvelous way. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 21. It says, So Solomon reigned over all of the kingdoms from the river to the land of the Philistines. Listen to this. As far as the border of Egypt, they brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of of his life. Can you imagine? Here is a man that was blessed. And then in 1 Kings chapter 4 verse 26 says, Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots. 40,000? What? Why does a man need 40,000 horses? 12,000 horsemen. Oh, it was amazing. God blessed him beyond measure. Early in his life, we see Solomon loving the Lord. But secondly, we see Solomon lauding the Lord. The morning of his life was indeed bright as we see his love of God. But now the noonday of his life, the noonday of his life was indeed glorious and bright. The crowning hour of his life, we see a man exalting, worshiping. We see a man honoring the Lord. It's seen in two different places. It's seen in the place that he prepared. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 2. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. Other, other nations and people had beautiful, magnificent buildings for their gods. 
beautiful buildings for their God, but not Jehovah God. There was not a building. And Solomon felt and thought that this is not right. That the God of heaven should have a building of where people could come and worship and bring their sacrifices unto them. You remember his dad, David, wanted to build such a temple. But God says you cannot. But he gave Solomon, the son of David, the ability and the opportunity to be able to build the temple. And so the noonday of Solomon's life was building this magnificent temple for the Lord. First Kings chapter 5 verse 5 says, And behold, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spoke to my father David, saying, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, ye, he shall build the house for my name. Now, why did Solomon want to build such a temple? He wanted to build it because unto the name of the Lord God. He wanted to build it for a opportunity to give praise and glory. You know how many men it took to build this temple? 183,850 men. And it took them seven years to build this temple. 183,850 men working around the clock for seven solid years. Can you imagine the magnificence of this temple? The Illinois Society of Architects in the early 60s began to itemize what it would cost to build such a temple. Back in the 1960s, they said that if you would build the temple that Solomon built, it would cost no less than $87 billion. And that's not counting the contents. You can imagine what it would cost today with the inflation of the building price and construction price. Not even counting the contents, more than $87 billion in the 60s. It was a magnificent building. In other words, Solomon said, money is no object. Work is no object. Nothing is too good for my God. And he built this temple. So it's seen in a place that he prepared. But it's all, his lauding was also seen in the prayer that he prayed. When the temple was finally built, he prayed a prayer of dedication. Listen to this prayer. First Kings chapter 8 verse 23. And he said, 
the Lord God of Israel. There is no God in heaven above or on earth below like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. Oh, you began to notice here. Solomon says even in chapter 8 verse 27, he says, even the heavens cannot contain you, God. God, you're mighty, you're precious. And Solomon is lauding the Lord. He is praising the Lord, not only with the place that he built, but with the prayer that he prayed. Oh, my friend, I think that's exactly what God wants from every one of us today. Is that we not only love Him, but Lord that we may laud Him, that we may exalt Him, that we may praise Him and give Him glory. I wished I could close the book now. But now we come to the latter part of Solomon's life. The latter part. We've seen Solomon loving the Lord. We've seen Solomon lauding the Lord. But now I want you to see Solomon leaving the Lord. When you consider Solomon in the bright morning and glorious noonday of his life, we rejoice. What an example for us today. Who would have ever thought That a man that who loved God and proved his love would ever turn his heart from the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 9 says, So the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. Who would have ever thought? That word turn is an interesting word. It literally means to be carried away. It means to be perverted. It means to be distracted. It means that he's no longer moving in the direction of exalting the Lord, but now he has his back turned to the Lord. When I read this, I thought about that song, Come Thou Fount. There's a phrase in that. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Prone to leave the God I love. Who would have ever thought it? Who would have ever thought here is a man that was so devoted and dedicated and yet now you see him spiritually distracted. He did it in two different ways. First of all, you'll notice in 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 and following that he was spiritually distracted. 
The Bible tells us this, but King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh. Now listen to this. And the women of the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Edomites and the Sidians and the Hittites from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not, listen to this, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. God was warning Solomon. The Bible tells us in verse 3 that he had 700 wives, 300 concubines. And yet, here's the same man that said in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. He took a good thing a little bit too far. I'm sure he had to put name tags on their head. He couldn't remember them. Can you imagine to remember a thousand wives? Why? If he just spent one day with each wife, it would take him two and a half years to get around. It's amazing. This guy went crazy. His flesh began to take control over his life. My friend, he did two things wrong. Number one, God says you should have, should be a man and a wife. And number two, God says you don't intermarry. You don't marry outside the religion or race. And he did both of them. Exactly. Here was a man who brought honor and glory to the Lord at one time, and now he is so engulfed with his own immorality. And what what happened? It began to distract him. And exactly what the Bible said, that their gods will make you turn away from your true God. And by their influence, he began to serve and worship their gods. And turned his back upon the true God. My friend, it didn't have to be a thousand wives to get you to do something like this. It could be a new car. It could be a boat. It could be a motorcycle. It could be little league baseball. 
It could be a number of things that if you're not careful, it will distract you. I hear people say, well, you know, we're going to have to miss church today because we've got to go to this baseball game or we've got to go to do this or that. That's dangerous grounds. That's dangerous grounds. Because the next thing you know, it's going to become easier and easier and easier. And the next thing you know, you're out of church. And you've let the gods of this world to distract you. From the true God that you once loved and served. It not only spiritually distracted him, but it spiritually diverted him. Listen to what the Bible says in verses 4 of 1 Kings chapter 11. For it was when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as did the father his father David first they turned his life away from a holy God then they turned his heart from a holy God He is now spiritually diverted, depleted. And I believe that when he died, he died as a man that had abandoned the God that he once served. I was reading here a while back in a magazine... And they had an article of the Virginia Medical, Medical Monthly. And in that article, they had a story that what they called was a personality regression. What happened was, it was a story of a lady who her husband and her father was tragically killed in an automobile accident. She had three children. And mentally and emotionally, she began to regress. Every three months, she would regress a year got to a point of where she wanted to hang out with teenage kids. She acted like teenagers. And then she began to act like an adolescent. And then she began to act like a child. Running and skipping and singing. 
till it finally got to a point of where she began to act like a little baby. She'd suck her thumb. She'd sit over in in the uh, corner as like a little bitty baby until finally she crossed over the time of life and she died. I thought, you know, when I read that story, how terribly that would have been for a woman emotionally and mentally go through that horrible, horrible experience. But you know what? I've seen a lot of people spiritually, that is exactly what has happened. Spiritually, instead of growing and maturing and developing into maturity in their latter years of their life, that they've regressed and regressed and acting like spiritual babies. We've taken this morning a spiritual EKG of a heart of a man by the name of Solomon. But as we take that EKG, we also have taken a spiritual EKG of our own heart. How do we stand here today? Have there been a time where you remember the joy of Christ and the joy of worship and the joy of service and the joy of carrying out God's will for your life? That that's no longer your desire? Your desires have become temporal. Your eyes have become on other gods. Have you been spiritually distracted? Have you become spiritually diverted? If so, my friend, this message is a message of warning. I encourage you today... Don't turn. If you have, turn back to the Lord God, the mighty God, Jehovah. Father, your word is powerful. And as we see it, seeing what sin and the flesh and the world and the devil had done in the life of Solomon, wants to do the same thing in our life today. Father, I pray that this message will go out loud and clear. And if there's one here today that their hearts are turning, Lord, may they put brakes upon that turn And say, no, no, I'm not going to turn. I'm going to continue to serve. Use this moment for your glory. In Jesus we pray.